plan to have you here before Saturday on Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City. Let me go into what is happening. We have got 416,000 people who have died with COVID. And some people say it'll go to 500,000. But we have to be sure that we do what we're supposed to do. Wearing a mask, uh, keeping our safe distance. Matter of fact, as far as the vaccine is concerned, I will take my first one this coming Tuesday, the 26th of January. Then we have, in our remembrance and dialogue sector, we have, we lost two icons that were national. First, the Tycon, Icon, Tycon, Icon, Larry King, who died at the age of 87, and we lost Hank Aaron, who died at the age of 86, who surpassed what you couldn't do, beat the white man home run record. We're talking about Babe Ruth, who hit 715, Hank Aaron hit 755. And also, locally, we lost Charles Moore, who's one of the leaders, when they had the Young Freedom Inc. group. That's the group that many of its leaders are now have left us. But Charles Moore, based on what his father did, uh, Tom Neely, Philip Curls, uh, Harold Hodge, Doc Holliday, uh, Richard Talbert, and et cetera, and then along came Archie Wells. So what we want to do, that's the sad part. But on the good part, we want to salute and wish a happy 39th birthday to Louise Lee and Oliver Lee, and I call him my husband-in-law. So congratulations on that. Now, what we're going to do, and also, what happened this past Wednesday? Oh, history. Democrats now control the White House, the Senate, and Congress. And hopefully we got to do better to get in line to control the state. So that's where a lot of people who become congressmen originate from. Now, who we have today is uh, as a, not only a representative, but he's going to speak on behalf of a historic day that took place on December the 16th. Of course, I'm braggadocious at my old school. And the person who will be talking on behalf of the people of Lincoln Tigers would be Jermaine Hamilton Jordan. But want to salute the women, black women, and we are fortunate to have two we consider icons that are hosts of Get Who Come in Kansas City. They will serve as producers. And these lady, one to judge, that one is a, a legal public defender, and they are constantly reaching back to help not only our youth, but our people 
and to get everybody working together. I want to just salute them. And now, let's get Mr. Jermaine Hamilton Jordan on the line. Hey, how you doing? How are you doing, sir? I'm I think ahead. I want to bring in, uh, we'll have uh, our two distinguished uh, producers today. They ask questions, but congratulations, you are now a member of the uh, school in Fayetteville, Arkansas, the University of Arkansas. So give us a little background, give our listeners a little background on what happened and who are the other people that you're speaking for today. Uh, just a quick little background about us and my story is going into Lincoln College Prep as a freshman. Uh, the program wasn't really so good. The academic, the academics are always there, but the football program was quite there. Uh, playing my freshman year, we went three and six to a sophomore year to a six and four team to a junior year where we got national attention going eleven and one, being uh, the school's best record in plenty of time. And throughout that journey, this freshman class, we came along in a far way by having four, four to five of our class members going to Division One football program. And that's when more attention started to be brought, uh, more fans coming out to games, more supporters and newspapers, uh, news people coming out. And that's just like our journey is began something small and we turned it to something big. Okay, who are the other gentlemen that are part of the D1 uh, selection? Um, Howard Brown, who's, who's attending the uh, Iowa State University. He just he just got on campus yesterday, and he's moving everything in today. Marcus Bass will be going to the uh, Army, and that he'll be going there this August. And Tobetti O'Coley, uh, he's going to Auburn University, and he'll get there also in August. How did you best prepare yourself to get a position you're in today? What did you do? Uh, for, uh, first, I put God first and like thank the God because with the, the process and the Division One football, it's really not easy. Not everybody can make it there. Only 20 people get scholarships for, for one team a year, and that's kind of hard. But I put the work in, even off the field, on the field, and in, in the classroom, so like it was pretty tough and it was long, but I put the work in, I put the film for the coaches to see, I started a Twitter account, I started putting my name out there. Um, yeah, I started to grow. Well, I got the opportunity. Uh, guess who's coming to Kansas City is the component of uh, the, uh, the United Minority Media Association membership organization. And it's a 501c3 and also Missouri sales tax exemption. And we're looking, we're recruiting members every day. And, uh, we call our youth, my mic, minority youth majoring in communication, but not limited to. And now I would like for our producers of today to help us get this program going and telling the people what they suggest asking questions and providing their expertise on things that if you're not doing, you need to do. Thank you. Um, this is Ronald Holloman Hughes, as we all 
uh, but the environment is good. Like everywhere is so different from high school. There's so much more. Like I'm looking for words. Uh, I really can't think of it, but I don't know. It's, it's different though. Like the resources that we have in college are so much more and expandable than the resources that I had at high school. Even from the academic parts to the uh, to the athletics part of it. Well, how do you get an opportunity to participate in student organizations if it's so virtual there on the campus? Are you all able to meet? Um, are there any organizations that you've been able to become a member of since you've been there or thinking about? How, how does that work? And not, it hasn't really worked so much. <laughs> but, like, with our player development staff, they give us uh, many opportunities to get involved in the community, such as, like, Go like go to the building. Well, not go to the building. Girl Scout, but like we would zoom in and talk to different kids and like things are going through those lines. Like even this past Martin Luther King Day, they all this is all the football players. Uh, like a Zoom link that we could get on and talk to kids and talk to like even other adults about like our thoughts about Martin Luther King and stuff like that. Give us, a, give us an idea of how you got prepared to go to college. Um, you obviously had to take the ACT and the SATs, and sometimes there's a good timeline for that to be done. Tell us about your process of trying to get all the requirements together to apply for college. Applying to college, uh, first things first, I have to get a NCAA uh, membership, like, and that was that. But, like, when, when you say the SAT and the ACT, they, they voided that for the class of 2021 coming in because when everything shut down because of the COVID, uh, when everything shut down, like tests weren't, we couldn't go to a building to take a test. So a lot of students didn't, didn't have an ACT or SAT score. Oh, wow. So did they go basically on your grades then? Yes, they did, which I finished with a 3.6. So that, that helped me a lot. Oh, good. That's great. Uh, what other, there, this is, a, of course, a different time than it was, you know, a few years ago when people were applying. What other requirements did you, or what other steps did you have to go through because of the pandemic that is a little different than the process that you had planned to go through prior to? Can you repeat that for me? Yeah. Okay. So normally when you were getting prepared to, to start looking at colleges, and you all do that about your junior year, planning to take the ACT, planning to go visit colleges, and planning to do all of that stuff, things changed mid-year because of the pandemic. So you weren't able to do all of those things that you had set in mind to do or those processes you had to go through because some of them, you know, like you said, you can't take the ACT, you couldn't take the SAT. Um, and I don't know if you were able to visit any colleges to decide how you wanted, where you wanted to go, and what you needed to do. So, what what was so different the process you had to go through actually because of the pandemic? That's different from what you were going to go through with the pandemic hadn't hadn't occurred. Well, Jermaine, why don't you tell us first about how many colleges offered you a full ride scholarship? I had fifteen. I had fifteen full ride scholarships. Uh, yeah, I have 15, but with back to the question, with that, it changed, it changed a lot because, like, with football, like, like, I didn't talk to a lot of coaches in person. I talked to them over the phone. 
I like to get to talk to coaches in person and get to see the school before I even commit. And uh, this is not why I committed, but Arkansas was the last school that I went to in person and talking to the staff and talking, being able to see the school for a second time. I really fell in love with it, and I knew where I wanted to go when I first touched the campus. But uh, with the other 15, well, uh, with the other 14 coaches trying to recruit me, we did virtual visits. Day. I talked to all of their nutrition staff. I talked to all of their player development staff. They gave me uh, walks around the campus and many different things, uh, according to those mine. But it was kind of hard just seeing it on the computer and not being able to see it in person. Well, who were the who were the college? Give us give us give the audience some names. Uh, one second. I have got to pull it up here. I know KU was one of them. Yes, I have offers from Iowa State, K State, Kansas, Tulsa, University of Northern Iowa, Missouri State, North Dakota State University, Akron, Missouri Western, Northern Illinois University, Washington State University, and Kentucky. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. All, all those schools gave me four rides, but I can only choose one in the end. So, so how um, how did that process work? I'm not real familiar with sports um, and how they pursue you. Do the coaches pursue you, or do you reach out to the different schools, or does your coach from the high school contact colleges? How does that process normally work? When I first started uh, out, I started getting recruited my freshman year, uh, which coaches really couldn't talk to me until after my junior year. Uh, September, not, no, November 8th is the day that they could talk to me. And like before I, before I could talk to the coaches, they would talk to my head high school coach. And, I, and they would invite me on visits. And like I've been to visits to Notre Dame, uh, Mizzou. Uh, Iowa State as just a regular recruit, but it's like you can reach out to coaches and coaches will get back to you. Like even if you don't reach out to coaches, if you put the work and you put the film in and you have the grades, if you're good enough, the coaches will find you. Well, how did they do that? You said film. What is film? Um, they they find you through Huddle. Every coach, every college coach has access to Huddle. Which every high school uh, uses huddle for their game tape and their practice tape, and like I really don't know how the process works because I'm not in that. I just know what I just. I'm telling you what I know, but it's the process. Hey, is man, what it is. hey, so Jermaine, we old, so I'm gonna try to break it down for them. Martina, sometimes um, athletes, um, you know, moms and dads and coaches and people on the sideline take film while you're playing. And um, they put it all together and make like a tape of you. And so what Huddle is is like a uh, like a Facebook for um, for sports uh, and uh, um, like a Dropbox. So you drop uh, your uh, student tape uh, video into that Dropbox, and then coaches everywhere can pull it up and look at you. That's what that is. Ah. Oh. But this young man is smart enough to have his own social media where he posts stuff um, himself, so you don't have he didn't have to rely on some coach waiting. He didn't go to your website, right? Yes, exactly right. I started reaching out to coaches myself, which is Mizzou, and uh, I started off with Mizzou. 
But I also had two cousins that played at Nebraska, and that's the way I got introduced to the recruiting world. I'm glad they're both in the league now. Oh, okay. That's good. What are they going to do with themselves? Are they going pro or? Yes, they are in the league. Uh, Carlos and Khalil Davis. One place for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and one place for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, well, that's fantastic. So, um, let, let me ask you this. What if? Now, I know, of course, your dream would be playing in the NFL. I'm assuming your dream is playing in the NFL, but what if? What, if, what are you going to do in um, as plan B uh, if you don't go in the NFL? What are you going to make yeah, that's a good question. I'm majoring in criminology. Uh, ever since I was little, I always watched shows like Criminal Minds, and that's what made me want to be FBI agent. And I stuck with that dream, and now I'm in college studying criminology. And so, like, even after the league or even when my plan days are over, I will go uh, pursue my dreams of being an uh, uh, FBI agent. And even if I don't pursue that anymore, I plan on being a high school coach. I can I can always go. I always wanted to be a firefighter when I was little as well. And I want to start my own business. I know, like, I'll be a businessman. I'm going to minor in that. Like, I know everyone, men will always need haircuts. People will always need to wash their clothes. I'll get, like, a barbershop or I start a own laundry mat. Things across those lines. Oh, wow, that's great thinking. I hope you become an FBI agent. I can tell you personally that um, in the 15 years I've been working with the federal government, I've met one black FBI agent, one male. I've never met any black female FBI agent, so I encourage uh, more of our young people to go into law enforcement. Um, <laughs> I want to say something um, to my friend, um, Martina. I want to give her my condolences. This is a hard night for her. She just lost uh, one of her best friends, Sammy, her dog of 14 years. So this is hard. Um, they're mm. like plus, and so this is a hard evening for, for her. And um, but we're happy, and I know she's happy to talk to this young man. Always talking to a positive young person, very helpful. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, he did good. He did good though. He lived a good long life, so I'm I'm at peace with that. But uh. Yeah, happy to be able to uh, focus on the youngsters and, and the history that uh, Jordan's going to be making, Mr. Jordan. I am very impressed with uh, with your GPA um, and also all the work you put into football. Tell me, uh, because it's not easy to get a GPA, a 3.6 GPA in high school, tell me some of the techniques or some of the things that you did in order to be able to find time to study and uh, focus on, on your education. Well, I started off slow at first. My freshman year ended on like a 2.7. But then, like, I talked to my head coach and my cousins that are also in college. Without the grades, you really can't play the sport. And I, I, I figured that out my sophomore year. That having the grades and being good and, like, being well-educated in school will matter on the field. Because you really you can't get a scholarship without your GPA being to a certain extent and a certain level. So, like, that really pushed me to focus and motivate me to study more um, and do, like, just complete every assignment, at like, one assignment at a time was what I went off of. And I got all those done and finished with a 3.6, and I wouldn't change anything. Uh, I'm in because of the position I am today. Okay. And, you know, you want to, I, I think Ms. Ms. Martina, Ms. Uh, Martina wants 
Um, and I, I, I love that story, by the way. You have to know that without one, you can't do the other. Without education, you can't really do anything else. So I, I'm very proud of you to come to that conclusion yourself. But I think she wants the details. Like, I remember studying on the bus. That's when I was studying. Um, uh-huh. because it takes some to, uh, quite some time to get to some of the places you got to go to play. Um, you yeah. know, I was about, you said about your time management system. Were you up early studying or did you have a certain time? Well, I can't, well, well, for me, technically, I can't, I'm not a person that could just study for hours and hours. I study for about a, an hour a day, uh, about 20 minutes of each subject that I went, I went to class that day. And that's what really helped me get through it. I got out of I got out of practice around five o'clock, got home around seven o'clock, and just studied from about eight to nine every single day, every night. And that's what helped me. That sounds like a pretty good plan. It really does. Um, so a social life. <laughs> How do you have a social life on campus while um, while there's a pandemic? Do you guys have like Zoom um, get together. Uh, well, no, not really. Like, okay, so they they test every athlete. I think twice a week. The last time I got tested for COVID was Thursday. Like all our results come back negative and everything going to those lines. So like we we're, we're around all the players. I'm around football team twenty four seven. Not really around any any other people. Okay. So they they don't have um, I guess uh, welcome to the school party or anything. You guys are just hanging out with each other, and that's it. Mm-hmm. We have one girl right now, and it's just to get better every day. Now we do like we if there's a party or something like. We really don't do parties. Like, it's like a little kickback. Everybody, like, I, I have been to one of the players' house. There's many players there. We just play the game, listen to music, and just chill. That's, that's most of what we got. So, so what about um, uh, pledging for uh, at, at any point in time in the future? Do you think you might want to pledge for a, um, a fraternity? And if so, are any reaching out to you? Or is there a process they have to go through now that the pandemic? I never really got into retirees or even thought about one, so I don't think I'll I'll be into that even down the line. Okay, okay. Well, do you have any other interests? Like, um, I know football, I know sports take up most of the time, um, that in the academic. But I think, um, you know, sometimes you have other interests. Do you like music or... Um, you think you'd be a part of the Glee Club, or uh, you like art? Do you think you take any of those types of classes that are outside of your wheelhouse? Uh, no, uh, not not really. Because like when I first got here, I talked to the academic uh, staff, and they're, they're going to try to get me out of here three years to just focus on trying to help me get my degree. Because uh, the coaches want me on a three and a half year plan. Because they said. They will, like, they didn't recruit me here to come sit down or come just sit on the bench. So they're going to play me, and they're going to try to get me out of there as quick as possible. So with school, I'll graduate as early as possible. 
and I don't focus on things like that. But I will be in the community a lot because, like, I'm a, like I like being in the community. I like giving other kids. I like like seeing their smiles and their faces. That there's hope that they can do the same thing that I did. And like here, it's like Walmart headquarters, and we'll be going to like different corporations and putting time in and work with them. So things according to those lines. Oh, okay. They keep you pretty busy. Yes, they do. And that's good. That's good. How often do you think you're going to be able to get back home? What's your, your plan on coming back and visit to Kansas City? Uh, probably whenever there's a break. And my mother moved to North Carolina as well, so I'll be between North Carolina and Kansas City a lot on breaks. We will have a lot of breaks because this, this upcoming spring break, they, like, spread it out. And I don't know if our coach wants to go home. And, like, even this past winter break when uh, Christmas was around, they sent the players home for Christmas for about two days, but they had to come right back uh, because they had a bowl game. And so, like, there's barely time I'll go home, and, but I will be going home soon whenever there's a break. So that's the answer to that question. How much traveling do you do for the team, and what will you be doing for the team? Well, whenever there's an away game, we'll probably leave the day before. We'll go check into a hotel. And uh, we have our own, like, private jets and things like that. Uh, like, say, if we have a game at, against the University of Florida, we'll fly out to Florida, stay in a hotel, and fly back right after the game. Continue in 1982. <laughs> That's not what they were doing. 
Um, so I, I, I'm glad that you're talking to us. It's um, revealed a lot about what's going on now, and I hope mm-hmm. people take advantage of it. Like I talked to the coach before I saw him on National Whatever Champ, and they said they used to just give players one year, uh, one year scholarships, but now every scholarship is four years. So yeah. my, scholarship, my scholarship will be up in fall 2024. And I can tell you that I played with a lot of guys who needed um, tutors, needed help, um, didn't know where to go. I would try to help, um, but they did not have. Um, a way for them to succeed like they do at this university. So I'm really happy to hear that. It makes me feel a little better about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, that's for sure. um, Did you know anybody out at the university that you're at now before you decided to go? Or what was the the clincher that that you decided to pick this particular school out of all the other ones that tried to recruit you? Well, Starting with Coach Odom, he was a Missouri, he was Missouri, Missouri head coach. I was a freshman, and he, I went to Missouri about three times every year because he was just a, a coach I always wanted to be around, and a coach I wanted to, to be coached by. And he got fired my junior year, and he got hired at Arkansas. And his third day here, he called my coach and offered me a scholarship at the University of Arkansas. And it really didn't take me long to take the offer. I went to a visit in March, and I committed in May on my mother's birthday. Because when I went to the campus, like, the coaches were just as real as you can get. Like, they're going to take care of me. They're going to do everything possible for me to be the best player and the best young man I'm going to be able to be. And, like, you know, like, I can know when a coach just tells me anything just because he wants me or for my talent. But these coaches want to be for just more than my talent. And, but... Like football, it's, it's like a brotherhood, and it's kind of easy. Like, like my first day here, everybody accepted me as as a brother, uh, as a teammate, uh, as a friend. So it wasn't it wasn't that hard to get along with the guys that were here and, and the teammates I'll be around for the next four years. Like I started a group chat with the 2021 class because I like to know the people. But like, why would our first time talking and being chat would be in January when we got here? Let's, let's, or let's start talking in February and March and build our relationship before we even touch campus. Oh, that's neat. Uh, how long have you been playing uh, football? Uh, how much work did you put into it to get to this point? When did it really start becoming interesting to you and you start playing? I started at the age of seven. I was playing golf before I played football. And like I still don't play golf, but when I was seven years old, uh, my great grandfather he put me in football, and I fell in love with it ever since. Oh wow! And so, what, when did you start playing golf? If you start play, stop playing at seven, how old young were you when you started playing golf? Five years old. I've been in tournaments. I won a couple. I won like two championships and got second and third place a couple times as well. Wow. Do you still watch golf? Do you see uh? Little Tiger Woods turn play. Yes, I, I see. I did see that match, and I'm actually going to play golf here when it warms up down here. Some with a couple of my teammates here, so I, I, it, it always has it in me because they say golf uh, it's, a, it's a business sport. It's a, it's a money sport, so you should never forget how to play the game of golf. And I still know how to play. Oh, you know, you're <laughs> Can you play? 
can you play both football and golf at the same time, or they say you can only play football? Well, here I'm just playing football. I just play golf and free time. Grandpa, you still there? I'm just listening because I'm learning so much from you guys. And I just wonder if we have, I don't know if we have any lines open, but if so, what they need to do is call 314-308-2591 if we do have a line open because we don't have, we're not using that many lines now. So it might be a possibility that our listeners might have something they like to offer. And see, yeah, Mr. Trudeau's hair is on the phone also. Okay. Yeah. Can we, can we, uh, we haven't heard from you. You've been so nice. We all do this all the time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you bring Ms. Harris on? Yes, I'm, I'm here. Can you all hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, MC, oh, I was very excited to hear about the young man uh, and his overall college experience. Uh, uh, for the listeners, um, one of the things we did... Um, with MC's organization, the United Minority Media Association, is that we facilitated a community-wide college preparation and financial aid workshop for nearly 11, almost 12 years. And it was titled Start From Scratch. And that the reason we titled it that was because we wanted families, particularly parents, to understand that the preparation for college doesn't begin at 12th grader when your child's getting ready to graduate. It really must begin really at the end of middle school or before that, but definitely by the ninth grade because it does take four years or more to navigate your child through the process of finding grants, scholarships, and unfortunately we all know across the nation that many students have gotten loans and sometimes graduate owing a lot of money. So one of our, our main focuses at that time was to provide some interventions so that students and families would learn about resources way ahead of time and have the opportunity to explore and apply. We also uh, want to talk about how uh, how it really was so important that students had opportunities to take the ACT and SAT several times to try to increase their scores because that we know that makes it possible to get grant and scholarship dollars uh, based on scores. One of the things that was really vital to us is that students understood the types of classes and courses at the high school level that can also help them get into college easier, acceptance letters and things like that. So taking the math and the science courses, we know those are helpful, but also having great writing skills. Because, um, you know, MC started Yuma back in 1974 in May, or 73, I'm sorry, in May, we were really targeting to see how many students or were interested in the field of media, whether it was journalism, television, radio, you name it, because we know we needed more multicultural voices in the media. And in the times that we're living in now, we certainly know the importance of that. Uh, so one of the key things that we, we promoted in just listening to the young man's story, it, it sounds like he took some of the critical steps that were necessary working with instructors and teachers, and then also playing sports, but at the same time have a plan of action to major in criminology. That is critical. A lot of young men get scholarships in football, basketball, baseball, and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. 
And so we must have, uh, I know the children going to college today probably weren't born when Ruth was first uh, out in the movie, developed as a movie and a book. But Chicken George said, always have a number two plan. And children that do have a number two plan, just in case the first plan that work out are the ones that are always successful. They, they understand, I can't play ball forever, but if I work for the FBI, if I major in criminology, or if I become a, if I go into health administration, that's huge right now. And we are seeing more and more, particularly African-American young people on CNN and all the major networks in mass media communication. Um, it, it communicates crime nation when you see people of color delivering the news because people are like, okay, I know I'm hearing facts because it's coming from people that look like me. So again, I'm very, very excited to hear of, of the story that the young man shared. Uh, one of the things that I would just like to kind of thinking about well, our former college prep and financial aid workshop we had, I would like to say that by ninth grade, began taking mock ACT and SAT tests, just the play ones, the pretend ones, just to see what your score would be. Uh, you know, and then start uh, paying attention to dollars that you don't have to pay back. Uh, MC, if you remember, Commerce Bank had scholarship applications. Gas stations had scholarship applications. All the bulletin boards at the public libraries had scholarship applications. And this is all pre-pandemic. But now you can still go through social media and technology and all the other outlets and find scholarship dollars. And they're in some of the places you least expect. And so, as a matter of fact, uh, here in Kansas City, Missouri, I had a young lady tell me about two weeks ago that down in the West Bottom areas where we have the big uh, manufacturing companies and, thing, and the big factories, Neutrina Mills and Central Bag Company, uh, a lot of people don't think about them. We think about Cerner and Sprint and the others. But I understand that they have scholarship dollars and things like that. Also, so ninth grade, you want to start taking practice tests and stuff like that. You want to communicate with your educators and teachers because they will give you all kinds of uh, opportunities that they know about. And then in 10th grade, you want to make yourself a file and MC. You may remember, we encourage every student to go to a dollar store and buy a plastic crate and then go find a lot of manila envelopes and label them, scholarship applications. ACT testing, uh, parent information needed, so that when you go to college and you've got to go through that rigorous uh, registration process, you've already gathered some vital and important documents and papers ahead of time, which makes it a little smoother. We also talked about training and certification programs because universities and colleges are not for everyone. And so in addition to that, we talked about training and education, but we also talked about, you know, sometimes your parents may not have enough money for you to go straight into a university. You may get a scholarship that doesn't include housing and meals and all of that, and it adds up. So going to community colleges for the first two years and then going to a four-year college after that certainly is an acceptable program as long as it results in a bachelor's degree and or a master's degree. So we talked about the different stages of what students can do to be prepared by the time they get to 12th grade they're graduating. They have maybe already explored looked at different types of schools based on your personality. Where do you fit best? What's best for you? And HBCU, Historically Black College and University, Wilberforce University, works best for me. Uh, some people may go Ivy League or big state schools. 
But the bottom line is, is that helping more and more people of color, but all people, get an education so that they can enhance the quality of their lives and meet their basic life needs. Because we know education does propel you to more and more opportunities. You have more life options. These are wonderful uh, programs. Could you give me, just because I'm not real familiar with your program, and I think mm -hmm. people listening want to get some more detailed information about your program. Is your program affiliated with a particular company, a particular organization? Who does your organization work with, and how much money do you need to pay for your services or something that you offer? How can they reach you to get this uh, information? Because this is a great uh, wealth of information and things that these kids really need to have. Well, I custom built this particular process for the United Minority Media Association. I met M.C. Richardson nearly 20, almost 30 years ago. And upon becoming a new member of Yuma, I shared with him some ideas I had for activities. And he was just elated about the college preparation and financial aid. Um, and being a mass media student myself, I knew that there needed to be more support on the local level if you had wanted to major in that. Um, so again, now I have a company called Pathfinders Professional Development, and I'm happy at any time to provide webinars and seminars and training, you name it, on college preparation and financial aid. It's something that I, I sleep it, I talk it, I walk it because I know the process and I put two girls through college along with my husband. So I know all the ins and outs. Uh, so uh, Pathfinders Professional Development, but I'd like to just give my email address so that if anyone is interested, uh, I like to work with groups. So if people put together at least 10 or 15 people, I'd be more than happy to do a workshop. I don't like to quote costs over the phone because based on the different materials and resources that I'll provide, it's hard to uh, uh, put a price on that. Uh, but I'll custom build, I guarantee you this, I'll custom build a program for any group that is very affordable because I know people just don't have money. Any money they have, they need to be using it or saving it for college. So, Phyllis Harris is my name. My email address is Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, T-H-Y-L-L-I-S, letter A, number 7, at gmail.com. And if you send me an email, I'll put together a college prep and financial aid program, training, activity, whatever they need to help our youth. You can also go to pathfinderspd at gmail.com. And that's P-A-T-H-F-I-N-D-E-R-S-T-D at gmail.com. Pathfinders Professional Development uh, at gmail.com. So either one of those. And MC can privately mail. MC Richardson can privately give you my cell phone number, okay? Uh, then mm -hmm. that way you have my complete information. And I would love, I, I want to get back to talking to youth again uh, about college preparation and financial aid. Uh, that And MC and I, we were very strict. We didn't want to promote loans because we know, you know, youth come out of college, they can't even buy their first home because they already owe six figures in many cases. Right. And so what we tried our best to do is say, let's, let's take a look at your situation. You know, you should qualify for Pell Grant. You should uh, qualify for this. What kind of scholarship does your church have? Ask. You just never know. Uh, you know, talk to anybody and everybody you can to see what support is out there. 
And young people, this generation, they love social media and virtual learning. So the bottom line is they don't mind spending time on a computer or an iPhone or what have you to search for scholarships. They are out there. And people say, oh, they're difficult to get. It's almost impossible. You have to be dedicated. You have to stick to it. You have to apply. You have to write the essay. Uh, you know, whatever it is they're asking for, what can you what can you lose by trying? So the bottom line is is that that we we wanted to definitely enforce uh, in Newmark's College Prep and financial aid workshop strategies and methodologies that were free. We didn't want to promote things that were going to cause people to go out and take loans and put themselves in a situation. Uh, because we know that that is just not a good outcome. You know, you may come out with your degree, but you may also come out in debt at the same time. And we don't want that for our young people. So we had, over the years, uh, we had I'm, different I'm, I'm things. Feel, feel yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Let me let me in, but we only got, we almost have a time, okay? Okay, so, all right. Okay, and so, you know, Jermaine uh, uh, and some other people, but she has Okay, right. I'm sorry. Okay. So again, uh, thank you all so much. I was glad to share the information. Oh, you was great information, and I will be getting in contact with y'all. But I think MC and, uh, and Jeremy, Jermaine, I'm sorry, uh, is uh, is doing a great job. You know, but anyway, uh, Judge, what we must, I know you got some questions to answer. You know, for uh, Jermaine. Oh, well, I I think I got a lot of information for Jermaine, but Jermaine and also Ms. Harris. What are the key things that young people need to focus on that will help them either get scholarships or become successful in going to college? What are the what's the one or two things that you need to tell them that they need to focus on that they don't think about that becomes a problem or a an issue for them when they're starting to apply for college and want to get scholarships? Um, did you want me to answer? Yeah, Ms. Harris, Ms. Harris, yes. One of the things that I, I would say first, and he may want to give a second, is discipline. You know, you have to have the discipline to understand that when you go to college, you have to study, you have to pass the classes. It would be such a terrible situation to actually make it to school. Go well, and your parents make all the sacrifices. You get good scores on your ACT and SAT. You get there and you flunk out because you don't have strong study habits. So I would say discipline is key. College is nothing to play with because it's expensive. And if you get a blessing to be able to get there, you need to be able to stay there until you graduate. Okay, Jermaine, what, you want to answer that? Jermaine, you with us? I think your name might be gone. I have one question, Ms. Harris. In fact, you did hang up. No, um, okay. Ms. Harris, can I ask you about 529 programs? Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that they are beneficial? I know that you can set those up when a person is um, born, actually, or you have it taken out of your check. But um, yeah. I also think that young people themselves, when they start working, their little jobs. Mm -hmm. to those programs. Yes, yes. It's almost like a cafeteria plan for when people want to have child care dollars to pay for child care when their children are young or a college plan. Some people have the plans to buy their first home. Uh, I think they're very effective, and I like them because you can't just go and grab the money every five minutes. 
once it's there and you start to say, you know, you're not going to be able to get it easily, which means that you'll become very uh, disciplined and, and saving uh, for the uh, uh, the college uh, money that you will need when they go to college. So I think those are wonderful plans. And actually, any bank uh, you go to uh, can set you up with a college fund account, same thing. Uh, so, you know, you can do it that, that way as well. A lot of people don't understand uh, through their jobs how to fill out the paperwork and all of that to get in those type of programs, but a bank will also help you do the same thing. Okay, I, I didn't realize that. Are there fees attached to uh, doing it through the bank? No, I think not that I know of. It could be because, you know, I can't speak for every bank. But typically, whenever you are making deposits and you're in a savings plan, I don't think they charge you. But you could face some penalties if you begin to take the money out because you need it before you go to college, for example. It's just like a retirement plan. If you borrow from yourself, you know Uncle Sam's going to want some of it. It's a penalty. So the um, yeah, I, just, I have one. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're out of time again. Okay. Like each and every week. And Phyllis is a board member of Yuma. And next Saturday on the 30th, we're going to have some young ladies. So, Phyllis, we might need you to, some of them go to, uh, what about black colleges? HMU? Yeah, HBCU, historically yes. black colleges and universities. And well, I want to encourage you all to send your children to HBCU. They're affordable, and the, the staff and faculty and the professors take care of children of color. They really do. Okay, well, thank everybody for, uh, once again, uh, the time is over, but if you want to uh, say something right quick of how you can be reached, uh, then we'll just tell you, be sure to tell your friend. We tried to get, we had asked uh, Jermaine to tell at least 100 listeners, his friend, to tune in. I don't know if we check, have our uh, engineer tell us how many people actually uh, listen in, but Kansas City.